five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And I want to send out a reminder. It looks like the it looks like the button is working. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're going to uh, whoops, we gotta check out YouTube. What we're gonna do is we're going to um, nope, that's not it. That's it. Okay. Put that up. Okay, we're having a webinar the 30th of November, so after you're full of turkey and had a nice holiday, you're ready to dig in for 2022. These questions will absolutely assure your ability to talk to the CFO and probably get a bigger budget. Not maybe right off, because that's probably already set. But when you show that you can hit the numbers that you told them, that cuts ice with accounting. And that's who runs the budgets. So you're going to love this. Uh, go over to WDMA.org and uh, events slash direct mail fail. Or if you just look in the upper upper right corner of the screen, you'll see the new events button. And away you'll go. It's a private webinar, I believe. We're going to try and keep it private anyway. You can probably sneak in if you want. <laughs> but... But we're charging $20 for non-members of the WDMA, so join and you get a better deal. Uh, and that said, it's going to be great. Let's get over to the uh, let's get over to the special. What I wanted to talk about was the Great Ormond Street Hospital. An appeal helps kids get one step closer to home. From Amy Houston of the Drum, and this is a story about Henry, who's been in the hospital for two whole years. And Henry's an actual young boy, and he gets magic, colorful socks sent to him by people who support the hospital and make donations. And then he gets home. No, this is one of the ladies sending in her donation, and it's really fun. And uh, let's get over to, to watch it, okay? Because that's what we want to do here. So Whoops! Henry's getting these socks. I guess I joined it in the Let's him walk around and lets him when walk all the way to home. To and here's when a lady giving him a donation. There's a room I need to sit in. Surrounded by my favorite view and I need it. And he's now in bed with his teddy bear at home. There's his little brother and his parents. Would it be okay if I came home to you? And uh Gosh, is what they call a great Ormond Street Hospital charity. Don't know much about it. It's in, in the UK, but here's Henry. Here's Henry. See, you don't have to have, you know, super high tech. You can do it simple. Then you can still pull on the heartstrings at Christmas. And that was the point that I really wanted to make. So let's get over to the... i got to be careful here because if I hit the alt tab, it turns off the, the video. Anyway, I hope they raise a lot of money for the kids. Okay, and here's an article from Forbes. <clears throat> My friends at Forbes, 11 innovators chimed in from the uh, from the their ad exchange or whatever it's called, their ad council, <clears throat> and they were asking how to get case studies across to people. And uh, how can an organization create a case study that effectively showcases its prospects' pain points the company's solution for these problems and the results other customers have enjoyed 
while also helping the brand stand out among its competitors. You know the best way? Right here. Know your numbers. That's what matters in a case study. When you do a campaign, have something that you want to know and want to prove and want to test. Have a hypothesis, which is usually wrapped around the pain points. The key to all the marketing, to cutting through all the marketing clutter is thinking about it beforehand and setting it up so it answers the question. Now, it may not be a home run campaign that time, but it will move you along and it will get better. Continually improving marketing is much better than the big idea that works once. And that's how you get case studies to work. And we'll have a couple of case studies in the other one in the show. But number eight was a good one from uh, Lori Pankin uh, from Navistone. And Lori says, hey, write up your case study in direct mail. I would say use direct mail. It's the best way to get a case study because you can track every household's engagement. And you can know and build machine learning and you can see the results through the lens of hundreds of variables. That's the magic of mail. And you can't do it with any other with any other uh, media. You got to go take the word for you got to take the media's word for what happened. Not with mail. Mail gives you absolute tracking and absolute knowledge of engagement by non-buyers. That's the missing piece. Okay. So now let's get over to uh, the New Dawn of Direct by Richard Calvert. This is a pretty good little article. Okay. And he starts off with, I mean, there was things in here I really liked. Uh, with digital transformation, the order of the day, it's easy to wave ta-ta to the traditional ways of doing things. At least he didn't say mail is dead. You know, I, I hate it when they start uh, start the <laughs> I start the show with you might think direct mail is dead, but it's not. Okay, things don't change as much as we and our next big thing focused industry would have us believe. Boy, is that ever true? They don't change as much. Most people aren't paying as much attention to the new stuff as you think. Okay, so a recent article by Tom Roach talks about marketing's obsession with new stuff, and we did talk about that. Citing Jeff Bezos' 2019 talk, there's a strong case for focusing less on what's changing and more on what's not. Got that? I frequently get the question, what's going to change in the next 10 years? I almost never get the question, what's not going to change in the next 10 years? I worked at an ad agency, and you know it was really interesting, because we went through the 87 crash, which was peanuts by today's comparison. You know, I think the market went down 505 or 503 or something in one day, and everybody was in a panic. And uh, the, the newspaper headlines were, you know, is this the next Great Depression? And uh, I had happened to start a new business that week. And uh, my wife wasn't too happy. But my, my boss, who'd been around the block a few more times than I had, the founder of the agency, he said, well, look at our client list. This was very wise. He said, look at our client list. Who's our biggest client? A grocery store chain. Will people stop buying groceries? No. And I forget the other clients we had. But there were a number of other clients that were just not the flashy industries. But the solid stuff, that wasn't going to change. It wasn't going to change at all. It wasn't going to even slow down. And that's something to keep in mind, too, as you structure your business. You know, I structured my business around catalog companies. They're awful. 
they're awful to work with because they know everything and they really do. They know a lot more about what's going on. You know, I heard a really excellent talk from from uh, the president of uh, now it's called Silver Star Brands, but it's basically Miles Kimball. And she talked about how they had gone out to Google. No, she didn't mention Google. She just said it was a mega mega digital player with a G at the beginning of their name. And uh, she went out to Google and she they the Google promised that they were going to target new brands. They were going to solve everything. And Google uh, and they asked Google, would you like to know who we think our customers are? No, no, that's, you know, that's old school. That's old fashioned. You don't know who your customers are. We never find a client who knows who their customers are. Well, but we might, it might give you some reference points just to make sure you're on the right track. No, no, you know, everything's changed, blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> apparently Google refunded them seven figures. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> because it worked so badly. And, you know, the, the hubris is palpable. Let's just say. So anyway, what's not going to change in the next 10 years? You know, there's still going to be catalogs around. There's beautiful catalogs because they know who they're after and they get a really solid repeat purchase. And the only way they really get get go under is when some new hotshot comes in and says, why do we spend a million dollars a year on mail? Well, we're, we're making 100 million, you know, we're selling 100 million worth of stuff through it. Well, it's old fashioned. Let's turn put that into digital and nothing happens and the company goes under. And I've seen it over and over and over. You know. You could test it. You can test it. I'll tell you how. You know, come on that thing, you'll get a good start. Okay, so face to face meetings are still the exception with the COVID thing. And uh T V watching really, really down. But here's a good point, and this is why I really like the article. In twenty twenty five, we're told, global online sales will make an unprecedented 25% of all sales. Wow. But that leaves 75% of all sales still being physical. Sometimes you miss that in the headlines, right? You see these, you know, Amazon sales up another 10%. Amazon sales up another 10%. Digital marketing up another 20%. Yeah, but, you know, we only started measuring digital advertising in 2009. You know, that's 11 years ago. So if you think it's it's the forever thing, nobody knows. Sometimes physical trumps digital. You know what? Physical always trumps digital. I just I passed on another article, but he said take somebody out to lunch once a week and write a, a thank you card every day, and you'll build a law practice. It's pretty good. Old-fashioned tangible mail marketing used well, really important. You can't just throw it out there. Delivers response, engagement, and results too. But there's a different philosophy in mail, generally in mail, because it doesn't get there instantly. The, the digital have cornered the market on the idea that if you get there first, no matter what you're selling, when somebody's in the market for it, if you get there first, you'll win. It's not the way it works. Not the way your head works, right? I mean, read Trout and Reese, Marketing Warfare. He says... Okay, who was the first to fly across the Atlantic solo? Charles Lindbergh. Who was the first woman? Amelia Earhart. I can do those right off the top of the bat, even at my age. <laughs> who was the second? Nobody knows. <laughs> and that's the real point. Your brain will keep categories, right? Where do you buy Italian sausage? Dominic's Finer Foods. So my wife said. 
She'd drive all the way to Chicago. It's about two hour, two hours to get to Dominic's, and uh, you know, two hours to get to Dominic's Finer Foods. And she only bought. I said, "Isn't there anybody in Wisconsin? Wisconsin's like the one of the world capitals of sausage. <laughs> you don't think they can make Italian sausage? <laughs> no, only German. But anyway, that was in her head, and that's the way she bought sausage, right? She would go to the pig for meat, and she would go to the to the uh, Sendex for for produce and lettuce and stuff, and she had that in her head that way. And, you know, there wasn't much she could do to change it. And that's the way people are. So if you get in their head, you're in their head. And that's where you really want to be. Not on their monitor that they're not happen to be watching right at the moment, like we talked about yesterday. Okay, so male media has exp- experienced something of a resurgence over the lockdown. Probably because of digital exhaustion, right. Opening rates of mail and engagement have soared. Okay, well, that's good. Okay, and no more Dominics. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I did work for him back in the 80s. Yeah, we did some mailing and we did some data analysis. Right. Uh, anyway, mail is now the most trusted form of marketing communication. I wanted to highlight that one double. This is in the UK, of course. Nobody trusts it in the, in the US. Mail stays in the household. Eight days on average before they throw it out. There you go. Now, that's something to think about, right? You think about how long does a digital ad stay on your screen or on your phone? Do you remember any digital ads from today? I'm trying to remember. I had to sign up for a newsletter, which I was already signed up for, it turned out. Um, New Jersey Law Review. I remember that, but it wasn't exactly an ad. It was just a a block that wouldn't let me in. But I remember that one. That's the only one I remember so far. And I've I've looked at a lot of stuff this morning. Okay, mail is the most trusted form of marketing communication, demonstrating how weary some of us have become to social media, previously the most trusted, yeah, most trusted for 10 seconds. (laughs) I saw an article. I didn't. I didn't post it today, but that Facebook was the least trusted, one of the least trusted brands in the world. (laughs) How quick they fall. (laughs) How cool that is, right? So this goes to show that despite many media experts writing direct mail off as a dead duck, he put it at the end at least, in the dawn of digitalization, there's still much value in the channel. Okay, thank you so much for that. Richard Calvert. Founder of the Thread Team, Modern Marketing Agency for Modern Marketing. I think he, it's good that he's, you know, since he's so clued in with modern marketing that he talks about mail. That is so great. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. Go over to WDMA.org and register for the webinar. You know, everybody's going to learn, I think, on this one. It's it. it <laughs> It's what gave me the confidence to turn down a six-figure consulting project with, <laughs> with Blockbuster Video back in the day when they were in their heyday. And uh, they said they'd never met a consultant like me who had turned down that kind of work. I said it wasn't that I wanted to turn it down. It was that I knew it wouldn't work. And that's what it gives you, an ability to understand the, inter- the interaction of the numbers. So when people say, oh, it'll, bu- it'll pull 5%, does that mean it'll make money? No, it doesn't mean it'll make money at all. Could lose a fortune. Nothing worse than a high response lead generation generation program with a low close rate. Have a great day. Comment. Thanks, Tony, for the comment. Bye-bye.